we had our men's uh, breakfast yesterday morning and some of us men were confessing we can be a little bit of a Scrooge around Christmas time. Don't want that for you. There's good things. Uh, if we focus on what Jesus has done for us, it'll get us in a better mood. So that's what we're trying to do through this series. Focus on the Christmas story, looking through the eyes of different characters, give you some things to think about, take a little creative license, but thinking about what did some of these folks that were alive at the time that Jesus arrived on the scene came to earth, what might they have experienced? What did they experience? And so uh, this week we want to look at the shepherds and their experience, how uh, they play into and are woven into the story of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God come to earth. Um, As we start off this uh, message today, I was asked recently a question, um, when was it or what was it that really happened in your life, happened around your life that started to convince you that this Bible, that Jesus, that God is real. What were the things that started to happen to convince you? You read the scriptures, you were convicted by them. I heard the gospel at a young age. I made a decision to trust in Jesus at the age of five. I mean, I remember it. I remember the, where I was at, who was helping me, what was said to me, what my decision was. But certainly as I grew, there were things that happened that started to show me and convince me and sort of build my faith around the idea that the things in the Bible that are talked about that happened to people a long time ago, that that was still going on today. And then I was, uh, was going to experience some of those kind of things. And so um, some of the things that happened to me growing up is uh, my parents were called into um, missionary occupation and role. And so um, we raised support as missionaries. We went to churches, shared our mission or our ministry, and people chose um, to support us. And so one of the things we would do on occasion is uh, we served in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is where my mom grew up. And we would travel across the country going east all the way to the east coast to Connecticut, Rhode Island, which is where my dad grew up. And so on those journeys at times, we would start out with six kids, uh, mom and dad in a Dodge van. Um, And we would start out and we didn't always have all the money to make the trip. And so uh, one of the things that would happen is we'd stop along the way to church. My dad would line up these places to speak. uh, And so we'd stop in and they would listen to my dad share our test, our, our mission, our ministry, and he would teach him about uh, uh, some things that we were doing. And, and then they would take a free will offering for us. And there were times I remember where that money got us to the next church, right? The next leg of the journey. And that continued um, as, we, as we went across. I remember a time where our vehicle broke down. This was a Dodge van. And... Uh, it broke down. Um, we, were in, we were in a city. I can't remember where. I, don't, I just remember in my, in my uh, memory of uh, my dad. We were on the highway somewhere in a city. And he's running across the other lane because there was a church that he could see. And so he ran over to this church and happened to be the pastor was there. And he talked to him. And they ended up helping us out. Knew a place to take our vehicle to get it fixed. And a place to stay for the night. And those kind of things really kind of cemented in my mind and helped me to learn that God's real, that he really cares about me, cared about me and my family and what we were doing, and that he would be there to provide in moments and help us. And, and uh, so I wonder what your experience of God is like, how your faith has grown, or where's it at? Have you seen God at work in your life? Can you see him answering prayer and taking care of you? And what's your testimony? What is it that you testify to when it comes to Jesus and your faith? 
Are you convinced that Jesus is real? That this isn't just a book about people lived a long time ago, but it's a living book. It's a word of God. And through it come the truth of God and how he's at work. But these things are relevant and real and active in our daily life. What words would describe your faith? Would they be words like dynamic, growing, stretching, challenging, maturing? Or might they be words like stagnant, dry, comfortable, shallow, maybe disgruntled, frustrated? Look, we all go through different seasons in our life where maybe any of one of those words could describe our faith. But this week, we're going to look at some folks, common people in Israel, who experienced something very powerful that they literally could not keep to themselves. They had to testify about it. And so as we move through this story, we're shifting over to Luke. We've been studying in Matthew, um, the gospel of Matthew. This week, we're going to look in Luke chapter two at um, some of the story there really revolving around uh, the shepherds and their experience. But I want to start off setting the stage with some of what we saw here in the dramatic presentation, Luke chapter two, starting in verse six, verses six and seven says this. And while they were there, meaning Joseph and Mary, Again, they travel from Nazareth in the north down to Bethlehem in the south. So while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. They traveled again um, uh, a long journey, Mary pregnant Um, not super comfortable, but they travel down to Bethlehem. They get to this small town. Nazareth was quite a bit larger than Bethlehem. And of course, there was an influx of people who had all gone there because of Augustus, uh, the Caesar who had dictated the census. And so they travel down there. They find a place to stay. And um, Joseph, uh, you know, we we don't know the exact circumstances, but they weren't able to find the type of lodging that would have been common. And so they end up in a place where they're sharing their space with some of the animals. And so um, there's different ideas about what that space might've been like. It could have been a cave. It could have been, um, uh, we talk about different, you know, identifying it different ways. I read um, one Bible scholar who said, might've just been a small house where the animals also lived in the house with them. Like some of us. Some of you have animals that live in the house with you, right? Maybe sleep in bed with you. Not saying that happened in my house, but. Maybe. So they just had maybe some different animals, sheeps and goats, um, but they were very much a part of their family oftentimes. And so they were, um, that could have been the, the, the condition or the position. But at any rate, they're in this space sharing it with animals. It's not um, appropriate. It's not the place that Joseph would have wanted them to be in. And yet this was a sufficient place for Jesus, the Messiah, to come into the earth. And so he is born a baby, a little baby boy. In order for our faith to grow as people, we do need to see God at work in our daily lives. We can't just come on a weekend to a service and hear about God and hear about other people's experience of God, but we need to see God at work in our daily life as we go throughout our lives. And the first, these characters that we're gonna see here and kind of focus in on this weekend are characters who were doing just that. They were working, going through their daily life, going through a normal routine for them, fulfilling their responsibilities, 
that they had as, um, as shepherds. And so when we first encounter them, the shepherds were working. They were simply doing what they were supposed to do, fulfilling their daily obligations. Luke chapter two, verse eight, as we continue through this passage says this, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. That night, the night that Jesus was born, they were close, perhaps just a mile away from Bethlehem in the vicinity, close enough they could get there as we're gonna see um, as we continue through this story, but they were guarding their flocks. So shepherds, um, there's a lot said about shepherds and different ideas about who they were, their identity, the type of people they were, but they cared for sheep. They were um, blue collar, they were average uh, uh, men, and they were... um, they were tasked with the responsibility of caring for these animals. And uh, there were a couple different ways typically shepherds would watch the sheep at night. One was to have a pen that they would um, put them in or dry, you know, lead them into so they could be protected. Um, or they watched them out on the hillsides like these shepherds were doing. The sheep were out. And so when they were out in the open like this, the threats and dangers were obviously larger. There was the threat of humans, um, just human thieves, people that would come and try to steal some sheep. Sheep were very valuable. They represented wealth in the culture. And so um, they were guarding these sheep. The other threat um, was animals. But these sheep represented wealth in the culture. And these shepherds were responsible to care for them and ensure that they were watched over for whoever their owners were. Sheep represented food. They could eat them. They represented milk that um, they would provide to the people. Wool, obviously, they harvested to create cloth. Their hide was used for leather to make clothing, rough clothing or tents. And they were a major offering, three different offerings in the sacrificial system that sheep were used for. And so this job was very important and essential to the Jewish culture, to the fabric of society. Some of the ancient patriarchs in the Old Testament were shepherds. We know of many. Uh, The first one probably that shows up in scripture is Abel, the son of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, and Abel was a shepherd. The most prevalent shepherd that fits into the Christmas story is, of course, King David, who probably watched sheep maybe in the same location or near it that these shepherds were watching sheep on this night. Guarding the sheep would have been, as we said, an important task. Threats were all over the place. David, when he was uh, sort of auditioning, if you will, for the opportunity to go fight Goliath. Remember that story? David and Goliath. David went before King Saul and King Saul said, who are you to take on a giant? What kind of skills do you have? And David said, I'm a shepherd. I've watched my dad's sheep, our family's sheep. And in doing so, I've had to fight a bear and a lion. And, uh, and I defeated him. I can take on this giant. So we know shepherds were able to take on, uh, they, were, they were warriors, they were fighters. They were able to handle combat. Fighting an animal, very different than fighting a person. And uh, so I thought to myself, what kind of lions and bears uh, are around this area or were in the area? And I was kind of thinking of maybe like our, um, our mountain lions that we have around here in North America, but no, actually, um, the Asiatic lion was probably the lion that um, populated Palestine and in this time. And it's more like the Central African lion, like an, a, a large lion, 350-pound male. And so um, a pretty significant threat 
that um, these shepherds had to be prepared to defend against. And the bear, probably a Syrian brown bear, kind of equivalent to our North American brown bears, but again, a significant threat, 550 pound male um, average. And so these are serious threats to these sheep. And these shepherds had to be on guard in the middle of the night against these type of threats. You ever seen a video of bears finding like an elk calf or something? Um, It's intense, it's intense. And so these men were familiar with conflict. They were familiar with combat. They had to be able to handle a club, which is one of their weapons that they used against animals oftentimes to defend against a sheep. They also learned to use a sling, which David used, which was a distant weapon, distance, like a bow and arrow almost. Um, And of course that sling was very powerful and would have been a weapon capable of defending against some of these animals as well. These guys were fighters and warriors. They were used to dealing with issues and being on guard, being prepared at any moment for something to take place. Yet average folk, part of the community, part of the culture, and in God's sovereignty and his plan, he chooses to reveal himself when he comes into Israel to these probably mostly men. He didn't go to the kings. He didn't go to the elite. He didn't go to the religious leaders, but he chose a group of guys who were doing their job, working hard, on alert, ready to fight at a moment's notice. The shepherds were working away on an average night, doing their job, when all of a sudden something spectacular takes place. What we see next is the angels appeared and they showed God's power and majesty to these, to these men. Let's keep reading Luke chapter two and verse nine. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Quiet night, some guys on alert, ready for threats and danger. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears among them, blasting them with light and glory and majesty, the very presence of God right in their midst. Uh, I don't know, um, do you scare easy? You get startled easy? I know one place I worked, uh, there was just a couple of us in this building and my office was down the hall from another office that had the copy machine in it. And um, I used to print some things out and then I'd head to this other office and I kind of can walk fast and be on a mission and I would charge into the room and this other individual was sitting in there and they go, ah, you know, jump. So at first I just kind of did it by accident, but I'll admit after a while I started doing it on purpose because it's kind of funny. It's not very nice. My dad, um, when he was driving, 
We'd drive in the mountains uh, at times. We lived in Montana and Idaho and Utah. And we'd be driving up a mountain road. And uh, <clears throat> when the passenger side was on the outside edge of the road where the drop-off was, he would just at times kind of inch over pretty close. My mom usually reacted pretty strongly to that. She didn't care for that. I'm not saying she would throw hands at him, but maybe <laughs> at times it got a little aggressive. Hey, I don't know if you scare or startle easy, but I can tell you that these men were uh, used to, they were used to things happening. They were used to having uh, issues and problems to deal with, to being startled, if you will. And they were on alert. They were ready. And yet what happens and what they see is something they've never seen before, nothing they've ever, ever encountered. The living God or the, the glory of the living God, right? This angel, a representative of God. Angels dwell with God. They're in his presence. They reflect him. And so that power and that glory showed up right in the middle of these shepherds. And they were not men that scare easy, but the Bible said they were, they were, they feared a great fear. Um, they were terrified. We might say they were scared to death. When's the last time you were scared? I mean, really scared. Maybe you have uh, had a health scare and you were fearful. Maybe you had a close call on the road driving. I know that happens. Some of you guys spend a lot of time on the road driving trucks. We had our missionaries here, some, some of our missionaries, the Dawson's, and he's a pilot. He was sharing of some close calls in the air as a pilot, having some mechanical issues with the plane. It's not where you want to have mechanical issues, right? And just the stress and pressure and fear of that. How about the fear of death? We obviously fear death and are uncertain. I've seen that in many people. A financial pressure or calamity or what's going to happen to me, that can drive fear into our lives or a relationship, a marriage that's it's struggling, a relationship that's important to us with our parents, our kids. These things can drive fear into us. And that fear is based on real situations that we're uncertain of. Um, these shepherds, reacted in fear to something that was overwhelming they'd never experienced before and they were ready to fight. They were ready to handle it, but this was overwhelming. And so they're terrified, shaking in their boots and they're not men that do that because they're used to dealing with issues and things and problems. Bears and lions would make most of us fearful, but these guys were used to it. But these angels shook them to the core. And yet what did the angel say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That phrase is used about eight times in Luke's gospel. And it's always said by either angels or Jesus. Don't be afraid. When we walk with God and we live in a physical world with issues and problems and things that do scare us, one of the things that we learn as we walk with him and these shepherds learning this is that when God's with us, we don't have a reason to be afraid. We don't have to fear what might happen what might come. The only thing we really should be fearful of is God's presence not being with us. That is what it means to be truly afraid. But when God's with us, he teaches us that he will carry us through. He'll get us through no matter what it is we face. The issues and problems in this life are not something that we can't navigate. We can't handle in a sense because the living God is willing to walk with us through them. He's willing to show up, answer the prayers that we pray in desperation, answer the prayers of deep need that only we can really understand how, how important they are to us, how deeply 
uh, we're carrying the burden. Um, as I come to the end of every year, I kind of encourage everybody to think back over the past year and identify the ways in which God has shown up in your life. What miracles has he done? What answers to prayer have you really seen? It's easy for us to kind of be like the Israelites want God. He answers a prayer. He gives us some food and water. We move on to the next one and we're just as worried and nervous. And, you know, we just kind of live in that state and then God answers another one. But it's not really building our faith to the point where we, we trust God and we're living with confidence instead of fear. And so it's important to look back and to take note of those things that God is doing. These shepherds see something absolutely mind-blowing to them. And yet the angel said, don't be afraid. I've actually got good news for you. I bring you good news, the angel said, that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. And you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. After the message is delivered, the heavens are opened and the shepherds, the veils taken off their eyes and they're able to see into the heavens. And they see all of the angels, the armies of God filling the sky. I think oftentimes too, if we were to be more connected at least for me, more connected to the reality of the eternal realm and the angels and the armies of God that are actively working. And yes, aware of the situations in my life and the things that I'm facing, then maybe the fear that I have about the issues in my life would go down a little bit. These shepherds saw the armies of the heavens. Reading through the, old, uh, the Bible this year and in the Old Testament, Oftentimes, when God is referred to, he's referred to as the Lord of heaven's armies. This is what the shepherds see. It absolutely blows their mind. And based on what they've heard, this message, they have to do something. They have to go verify. They got to go see this spectacle that they've been told about, especially the way the message had been delivered to them. And so as they go and verify and go see Jesus, what they do next is fill an important role in the birth of Jesus, his arrival on the earth, and that is they, they testify. Based on what they see, the shepherds had to testify. Let's continue reading the story in verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what, they, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept, these, kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The shepherds go to look. Now, they were given a couple of indicators, a sign that they would see a baby wrapped in strips of cloth. Maybe you've heard it called swaddling clothes. Not 
as far as we can tell, not very uncommon. It was common to wrap babies in strips of cloth, just like it is today. My wife was a mom baby nurse for many years. And when a baby's born, you still wrap them up, right? They just came out of, uh, uh, of their mother. And so they're used to being uh, wrapped up and, 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 you know, tightly wrapped. And so you wrap them in, still do that today. So that, so that, that being a sign, but, but then lying in a manger, that of course was very distinct and very different. And we don't know exactly, as far as I could tell, how this sign directed them specifically to the place where Jesus was, but it did. And so they headed to town to verify the message. And when they saw it, there's something amazing that takes place. They obviously, they worship it. They go, they've got to tell everybody about it. Bethlehem, not a huge town, but they went around and they told exactly the story that, that had taken place, what they'd experienced, what they'd seen. They had to testify to the work of God, the coming of the Messiah. I think you and I, our lives are the same way. And as we contemplate, prepare our hearts, think about the past year at this Christmas season, 2023. Again, I wonder what you can testify to that God has done in your life over the last year. I know of some miracles that have taken place in this church. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, miracles in people's lives, in marriages and physical things, um, relationships, financially. God's at work in our world. And when we experience the work of God, we testify to it, right? We tell others. That's part of the privilege we have of being followers of Jesus. We get the gospel to carry to the world. We get to testify to what God has done for us and in us and share the truth of the message of Jesus with the world around us. We have Christmas Eve services coming up this weekend. Uh, next weekend, we'll have 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. We'll probably set up some extra chairs. We've got plenty of room. I wonder if there's somebody that you could bring with you, invite with you to experience a little bit of Jesus, right? The message of the gospel, to be encouraged, to be around a bunch of other people who are worshiping and celebrating. What a transformation that might make. What an encouragement that might make in somebody's life. I would encourage you as you go through this season, don't forget to testify to what God has done in your life, what he's doing in your life. Share it with somebody. Encourage them with the goodness of God. God, thanks so much for loving us and caring for us, for changing our lives. We thank you for the little things you do to provide for us and to care for us and to show us that you're there. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy for saving us, forgiving our sins, allowing us to be forgiven and set free. And God, I pray that you would help us at this season of the year when we focus and our whole culture in a way focuses on Jesus and his entrance into the world. Would you help us to point people to you? We pray this in Jesus' name.